Swallow this. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Is Tamara home? Get off my knife. Etta, howdy do. How are you? How do you how do you like that? How do you like them theme song apples? Pretty good, huh? Oh, yeah. Not bad, not bad. So, here we are. Get off my knife. Episode one, it's official. Woohoo! Uh, I'm Aaron. She's Brenna. Um, we're going to talk about Stranger Things, which is taking the world by storm yet again. Stranger Things season four. Uh, we're going to talk about what we watched this week. What's going on with that? And whatever else uh, we're getting into. Halloween Horror Nights, maybe. Uh, just kind of whatever pops up. If you're uh, listening to us for the first time, we appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Uh, this podcast is available on every major streaming platform you could find. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, uh, Stitcher. Did I say Spotify? It's on there. So uh, we appreciate it. If you could give us a kind review, we would appreciate that as well. So, Brenna, let's let's just let's save Stranger Things for a bit here because I gotta kind of warm up to it. Okay. What do you, what have you been watching this week? It doesn't necessarily have to be the spooky stuff. By the way, this is a podcast where we talk about horror and shit, so that's probably important. But um, what have you been watching this week? What's what has piqued your interest this week? Um. Okay. So I actually have been rewatching Squid Games. Oh. For like the third time now. Going down in the squid game. Yes. So that's honestly, I think that's all I've been watching this week thus far. And then <laughs> I watch Jersey Shore to go to bed every night. It's my comfort show. So. Why Why Squid Game though? Like, why do you like it so much? Why is it rewatchable to you? Um, I feel like I I miss things. Like I missed a lot of things. And watching it back, I'm like, oh, I didn't even, I didn't realize that happened this episode or something like that um lots of violence i'm also into that what is your um knowledge or forte into asian horror are you an asian horror fan i the only thing that i've ever seen would be um what the what is that movie called parasite parasite okay it was the shit, but I'm not very familiar with it at all. Okay, well, I would encourage you. Maybe I'll throw some suggestions out there for you. You can do that. Asian horror is it's it's like one of it's sometimes it can be extreme, sometimes it can be really interesting, and sometimes it's batshit crazy. Um, sometimes it's stupid and it's not necessary. Sometimes it's just pure comedy, but. I think it's a genre that you um, you need to check out to expand your horror fandom. I would start with something. Um, I think I think I probably told you about this movie before. There's one called I Saw the Devil. Yes. Which it's not necessarily not a horror film. Per- well, I guess it is. It's it's about a guy that um, a guy that is. I don't know if he escapes from prison or he's just a criminal, but he kills the police chief's daughter and cuts her head off and throws it in a creek, Jeez. and then her. Her husband is a detective that hunts this guy down and, like, doesn't kill him, just fucks with him the whole time. And then you kind of get this moral ambiguity of, like, 
is the detective really helping the situation by not turning this guy in or is this guy just pure evil like what is the deal here so it's kind of it's really good yeah um, of course you got to go with audition that's um that's like a, a stalwart um old boy to me is not necessarily horror i think it's horror adjacent but you have to see the original the the american remake is not good okay what's horror adjacent like it's got horror elements but it's not direct horror okay gotcha it's more it's more thriller like a lot of people say and this is ridiculous a lot of people say that silence of the lambs is not a horror film that is horror adjacent and i'm like you realize that the main like one of the main villains um is a cannibal yeah. that eats people and the main the main villain buffalo bill is a person that kills people and then wears their skin yeah like, pretty scary uh, yeah pretty, how's that not horrific <laughs> pretty scary um so yeah there's there's one that a, a film critic friend of mine recommended to me called cold fish it's a very very dark film like you have to really go there sometimes um with these movies i would also encourage you i don't know i i read a story about squid game about the dubbing and like i watched it on dub i didn't watch it with subtitles yeah and it was awful the dubbing was awful and then when i did watch it with subtitles it didn't match yeah so it was weird that was weird so i would encourage you to watch with subtitles and just no dub just original language and just in just subtitles you'll get a lot more out of it i feel like i saw um a person on tiktok uh talking about how the the dubs like what they were saying in in english wasn't exactly what they were saying like i think that they said it a lot with the i don't know her name but she was like the crazy lady Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they said it a lot with her because, like, her words were kind of like dumbed down in a sense. But if you listen to it in uh, the language that they're actually speaking, that it's more um, intense or something. But I always, I don't like uh, dubs. Like, I don't like because yeah. I don't like when the mouth doesn't match up with the words so i was never like into that but i've watched squid games and parasite and it didn't matter to me because they're just the shit they're so good that it just doesn't even matter i i watch all things with subtitles like that's just something that we do anyway Uh, so even if it's in english i'm watching with subtitles it's not a big deal for me but i hear people complain about all the time not reading subtitles i like subtitles because sometimes i listen with the volume down so low and i'm just yeah. like I'll just read so, it instead yeah sometimes you sometimes you miss things i think it's important yeah um anything else that you watched that you're into or anything horror going on in your life not right now okay well i watched the movie x have you heard of this movie yes have you seen x no i have not okay so x is a film that came out this year Directed by Ty West. If you've seen uh, The Sacrament and House of the Devil, Ty West, he has a very unique style. A lot of practical effects in this movie. He's essentially about a uh, group of people in the night, the late 70s that go to a like a, a farm in Texas to shoot a porn. 
and okay. um, the two, the old, there's an old man and an old lady uh, that live on the property. They don't know what they're up to. Um, but one night, uh, a fight happens between the, the producers and the production of the, uh, the film. And uh, shit goes crazy. And it is very visceral. Very bloody, very gory, very, oh, my God, I did not see that coming. Is it good? I don't know. Um, it has one of the most, like, you have to, I think it's 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 really grounded in the fact that you have two geriatric um, folks that will eventually become your protagonists. I don't think I'm giving anything away or anything away there. Um, and they, they are ended in ways that you're just like, that makes sense. Um, is it like slasher? It is. It is. Okay. It's a very, very slasher element, but it's like kind of, it's like, it's, uh, I don't know. It, it's very pretty. It's a very pretty, scary movie. Like, I love that. They love make, they make a reference. Brittany Snow is in this, and I did not oh. know that she was in this. And she makes a reference about low budget movies, like, they do. They cut these corners so that you can't see the budget, and that's exactly what Ty West is known for: is low budget movies. And it looks great. It's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre esque in the in the look and the feel of it. It's very dirty, very grimy, very humid Texas summer. Everybody's mm -hmm. all sweaty, so you got a lot of that going on. And then it's kind of mixed with, um, I don't know it. It's kind of like Friday the 13th as well in like the uh, the cheesy, naughty sexual stuff. It also has um, Jenna Ortega, who is, who we've talked about before in the test episode from Scream. Mm -hmm. This is your Scream and you. She's also in it. She's like a boom mic operator. It's pretty funny. <laughs> but small cast, it works well. Is it good? I don't know. Um, I had fun with it. I think the kills are really unique and, and really fun does it like reinvent the wheel no it does not but it's it's an interesting it watch probably not okay probably not <laughs> um i um, recommended it to fralick because it was something my friend nick because that's something that uh we both wanted to see and i saw it so i told him and then he watched it and he said it's just wild man so it's just that kind of that okay. kind of thing it's it's pretty wild um not horror related, but I did see Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh yeah, how'd you feel? Did you see Thor: Love and Thunder? I, I fuck, I have beef with Thor. I hate Thor. Why? <laughs> I just think he's he's a pussy. You're really gonna think he's a pussy in this movie? Every like every Avengers movie I've seen him in, he pouts and cries and runs away with his fucking hammer. And I'm like, you're so annoying. <laughs> this movie made me so angry because it's a comedy. It's like 90% comedy. We're cracking jokes. And Christian Bale is in this movie. He plays the villain. He plays Gore the God Butcher, mm -hmm. uh, which is a real character from the comics. And Gore the God Butcher is what he says, a God Butcher. He kills gods. And Thor is like the last god, kind of, or he needs Thor for something. And every scene with Christian Bale is so serious because 
it's a serious character with a serious actor doing serious things. Yeah. And every time it's he's on the screen, it's very like, okay, this is this is critical. But every time Thor and uh, Natalie Portman and Valkyrie are there, it's like this is just comedy, ha ha. And it's it's not earned. Like it once doesn't you, fit. It doesn't fit totally at all. Like once you get to the end and you're supposed to care about characters and things like that, it's like, wait, you didn't earn this. Yeah. Because Christian Bale's over here, like acting his rear end off, and Chris Hemsworth's just sitting here making dick jokes, and it's like, what, <laughs> what are we even doing here? Yeah. And I got annoyed with it. I know I shouldn't have because I should have seen this coming, but I think like once Marvel reached a certain point, welcome to the Marvel discussion, but like, <clears throat> pardon me, once Marvel hit a certain point and they did Avengers uh, Endgame, I think we kind of thought or at least I did, like, okay, well, now we need to take, like, a two-year break from this yeah. Marvel stuff. Like, let's take a breather. And then they said, nah, 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 nah. We're just going to pump out Spider-Man, WandaVision, Thor, Doctor Strange, yeah. Shang-Chi, or Shang-Chi, and it's like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, there's Give us something, a break. Yeah, there's something called fatigue here, and we're, <laughs> we're getting close to it. Yeah. And it's just, it totally, like, doesn't, and we'll talk about it in Stranger Things, but the music is a big problem, too, because... The music makes you feel like this is like an 80s like rom-com. Like, this is great. And then the stuff with Christian Bale like doesn't fit. And it just, it feels like a different movie at times. And that's upsetting. Yeah. So. Sounds confusing, honestly. I, did, I didn't love it. Um, I have it ranked as, I think, my fourth or fifth favorite Marvel movie of this cycle. So it's like. What's your like, favorite Marvel movie of all time? My favorite my favorite MCU movie is probably Endgame. I love yeah. Endgame. I, I love uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. I love Black Panther. Mm-hmm. I think it's excellent. Um, that's re- I mean, Iron Man, of course. The first Iron Man's great. Yeah. Uh, the, the first Guardians of the Galaxy, to me, is a perfect film. Yes. It's a four-quadrant four film. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Um, it's a four-quadrant film. Um, and then I, I like some stuff that's, like, under the radar. Like, I like the Hawkeye series, and I like the... Uh, I actually like Moon Knight a lot, which I know is something you've been watching. And it's like... Yeah. It took me a while, but I ended up liking it. And it's, like, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was okay, mm-hmm. but it could have been much better. Yeah. Um, and then something will surprise you, like Shang-Chi, which I had no expectations in going into. I was like, I guess I'll watch this. And it was, I, I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was great. Great movie. Yeah. Really fun uh, movie. And then you have something like Black Widow, which has Scarlett Johansson and The Pew, and it has David Harbour. And you're like, oh, this is going to rip. Like, these people are so great. And then it's just not good. Yeah. And it's like, mm, what a wasted opportunity. But Right. I think Marvel is hit or miss, and I think it's it's kind of like Star Wars in the way that people don't want to admit when it's bad. Um, like Obi Wan Kenobi, and here we go, Star Wars now. Obi Wan Kenobi, that series had like it was six episodes, mm-hmm. and it was basically retelling the Mandalorian with Luke with Obi Wan Kenobi and Princess Leia as a kid, and it's like, dude, like, come on, we've been here before. Yeah. 
And it's got some cool stuff. Like episode four, you get to see a lot more of Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader, and that's great. And then the last episode, they get a big fight, and it's cool. But that's it. It's just like two moments, and that whole show's wasted. Ewan McGregor's wasted. Like I just, it just did nothing for me. Now everybody yeah. turns off the podcast. Like, how dare you? <laughs> I have a controversial hot take, if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, go ahead. I think if you if you catalog all of Star Wars, in, and I'm talking like the movies, the shows, like all the live Star Wars media, it's about 40% good, and the rest of it is shit. Okay. I See, it took me so long to watch Star Wars. Like, I was never like a huge Star Wars fan, but I would probably agree with that. Because I just think a lot of it's unnecessary. They're just building and building and building off an empire that they already have. Yeah, of course. Well, that's what that's what we all want to do, right? We all want to milk that golden, the golden right. Rose. But there comes a time where you just have to cut it off. Just say it's done. It's it's overplayed, you know. But the fans won't let it die. Like they will never let it die. And I, I've been to the conventions. I've seen these people. I've been to a Star like Star Wars celebration, and it's great. And then people just, like, won't let it go. Yeah. Like, just let it go, man. <laughs> people let Indiana Jones go. There's no Indiana Jones convention, and those movies are far better, thank you. <laughs> Kylo Ren is the love of my life. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I have a problem. Oh, I have a, a side note on all of this. Uh, yeah, why does every villain in, like, MCU, well, I guess not even really that, but, like, Every villain has no nose. Why is that? You mean like Voldemort? Yeah. Is and it? then there's like someone in Doctor Strange that was like a evil guy. He doesn't have a nose. Um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of villains don't have a nose for whatever reason. Like Christian Bale looked like Voldemort to me. That's right. That he does. Story. I don't. Does he have a? I don't think he has a nose either. No, he doesn't. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, yeah, well, that's that's consistent with the comics. I don't know what that is. Oh, is I it? Know. I don't know. It's a good point. I never really thought of that. Why do they not Heck have no, noses? doesn't have a nose. That's right. There's a lot of them. Oh, yeah. Why does Vecna not have a nose? What's going on? What's going on with that? Um, before we get there, I wanted to ask your opinion on this, because I'm a, I'm a collector. I collect things. Okay. That's what a collector does. But... Um, I've been purely not to even use or watch, but I've just been picking up VHS tapes because I think it takes me back to a time when I was a kid. That's what we would do. We'd go to the, the video store, rent VHS tapes. And I've been like, I go to thrift stores and flip stuff. That's what I do like for part-time work. And I just see these like these movies on the shelf. And I'm like, dude, these are going to go in a landfill. Like I, I just have to rescue them. I think they will look cool on a shelf. And I was talking to Emily about this, my wife, and she's just like, I don't know why you buy these things. I was like, well, first of all, they're like 50 cents. Like, nobody wants these things, but I do. Like, I don't want to flip them. I just want to have them. Yeah. So, like, this week, I picked up Silence of the Lambs. Uh, thank you. Oh, I very picked cool. Up, I picked up Predator. Okay. I got Seven. That's cool. I got The Grudge. And I got, what did I get? Uh, the Faculty. So I got, like, 
every time I see them out, it's just like I'm not actively going places to buy them, but if they're there, I will buy them because yeah. I think they're cool. Is yeah, it, I feel like Silence cool of the Lambs. Show? Silence of the Lambs would be a cool VHS to to have. Yeah, at the at Spooky Empire, the horror con I uh, went to a couple weeks ago, a guy had it on VHS and he wanted like ten dollars for it. I was like, I I understand that, but I went to a thrift store and got it for fifty cents. So I'd much <laughs> rather have it have it for that price. And I go to you know flea markets every week, and people just don't like, oh, a VHS tape fifty cents. Yeah. What little do they know that a sealed copy of the movie Legend starring Tom Cruise. An unopened VHS went for $1,700. Um, and Back to the Future, the first Back to the Future, went for $16,000. So Why is that Tom Cruise movie? So is it just because it's unopened, like untouched? Did I, did I say Tom Cruise? I, I meant Val Kilmer, not Tom Seth Cruise. Legend. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Yeah, I meant Val Kilmer. But um, <laughs> yeah, because it's like a, it's just, you know, you don't see him. Like a, Video game that still has the the seal on it, it's not that, depending on what generation. Like, you're not, you find a Nintendo game new in the package, it's probably worth a good bit of money. Because people, because you know it works, people want it in that flawless condition. That's just a collector thing. So, same thing with sports cards, same thing with, you know, uh, shoes. Like, people want them in as nice a condition as they can get. And what better condition can you get than shelf fresh, still in the package? So, you know what I miss? Because I had, like, every um, Scooby-Doo movie on VHS. I miss mm. having those. They were so good. I would totally watch those still today. What's what's funny, uh, fun tip for you all out there, if you find Scooby-Doo video games, like PS2, Wii, PlayStation, they're always, like, decent money. I know, I don't mean, like, million-dollar movie or million-dollar games. I mean, like, 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks. Like, these... There's a dog crying. These games that you don't think like, like who want, who would want to play these? A lot of people. So that, I had that. Um, I had a Scooby Doo game for a PS2, and it yeah. had Don Knotts in it. Oh wow, that's great, Don Knotts. Yeah, West, Virginia, very West Virginia baby. Um, cool. But yeah, I see those Scooby Doo movies, so maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll snag you a few. Um, but it's just a really cool thing. It looks like really. I've seen people on like in my Facebook groups and on TikTok and stuff that have like a whole video store set up and it's yeah. like that's insane. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, I just think it looks good, nice piece of cheap art. Like you know, people buy those like um those books, like those old like Britannica books to put in their house to make it look like for shelf you know, to make your shelf look full, so yeah. why why not something you actually like? For some reason, I always thought, like, VHS tapes would go for way more. Like, they would be worth a lot more. Even, like, the shitty ones that are, like, beat up. I thought it would be, like, a historical thing and, like, people would pay, like, a million dollars for them like they do Barbies. Well, it depends. I think I think there's a lot of false narratives out there because, like, you have the Disney... Like everybody, like you'll talk to somebody like that doesn't know a lot about reselling. They'll say, "Oh, if you find those those Disney those old Disney movies, they're worth money." No, they're not. Yeah, they're not worth anything, pretty much. So, if they're brand new in the package, you might get ten bucks for them. They're just not. Yeah. Those were so overproduced. Everybody had those movies. Everybody had those. Yeah, I had all the Barbie movies on VHS too. They're really, they're really good. All right. <laughs> 
right. Well, is there anything that's coming out that you want to see? Anything oh, you want to okay. So I made notes because well, there is quite some funny things. So there is a movie that I saw coming out, and it is called Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Oh, yes. Yes, it did is. Did you see that? I saw this on uh, Bloody Disgusting. Yes, I did. It's uh, directed by Rice Frake Waterfield. Okay. It's about Winnie the Pooh scavenging for food, which is scarce since Christopher went to college. How funny is that? And there's like weird, creepy pictures of it. Winnie the Pooh does not look good. Very scary looking. I'm kind of excited. I think it'll be fun. I think when I first heard about this story, I put up a tweet that had like that Drake meme where it was like Thor, Love and Thunder, and him like pushing it away. And then it was like Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah. Like that's that's more my speed. Oh, it's gonna be awful. Like it's gonna oh, be it's absolutely gonna be absolutely terrible. terrible. But, but I'm gonna my God, what, yeah, what a ride. Yeah. What a true. ride that's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I'm excited. What else? What else you got? Um, we have Disappointment Boulevard, which is the A24 film. Starring Joaquin Phoenix. Um, it's a horror comedy. And it's supposed to be three and a half hours long. Oh, directed by Ari Aster. So, yes, of course. Indeed. How do I not know about this already? Yeah, Ari Aster, of course. Hereditary, Midsommar. Something Strange About the Johnsons. Mm-hmm. Um, have you ever seen that, by the way? No, I have not. Or The Strange Thing About the Johnsons. It's called one of those things. Wait, is it is it a YouTube short? Yes, it is. It is a yes, short film that I is available. I actually have. Too. It's wow. very, very wild. <laughs> Just ignore the crying dog. He cries all the time. Um, not, he's, he's not underfed. He's not abused. He simply just wants to monopolize my time. Um, but yeah, that's cool. What else? What else you got? Because I got something. I got some interesting news today that I would like to to share okay. with you. I mean, I have Avatar as well, The Way of Water. We've been waiting since 2009 for the new Avatar. That's when the last Avatar came out was 2009? Yes. Yes. Listen, man, I'm going to tell you like this. James Cameron, Titanic, Terminator, Terminator 2. Like, the guy puts out bangers. Like, Titanic, billion dollars. Uh, Avatar, billion dollars. The Abyss is another great movie. And then he wastes his time in Fern Gully Land when I thought that we wrapped up the first Avatar movie pretty well. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, and I saw the trailer for this because I've seen like, I've been to the, I've seen four movies in the past four weeks. Like, it, I'm like back in summer mode. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it like four times, like the trailer. And I'm like, this sucks. Like, this <laughs> looks like crap. Not the, not the effects, not the, not the CG. It looks amazing, but it's like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, what are you, what story are you going to tell, essentially? Because yeah. you've you... basically told it all in the first one, but I'm definitely going to watch it. Heard it was very long. He oh, said God. something about, like, taking bathroom, it's okay to take bathroom breaks in the middle of it or something, because it's so fucking long. I was like, well, I, I guess. We'll have to there, see. There's something to be said about the lost art of short runtime movies and i say this because you know a couple weeks ago my wife and i saw the black phone Mm -hmm. and it's an hour and 43 minutes which 
if this was like 1994, you'd be like, good God, why is it so long? Right. That is a short movie. Yeah, nowadays. And what I like about the Black Phone is it's like, it doesn't really dilly-dally. Like, it gives you enough character to like, okay, we care about these people. They're in a bad situation. Are they going to get out of the bad situation? I need to, I care about these people. Let's see what happens. And it does a great job of that. But like, really, like three hours or so for this kind of stuff, like, I don't... I don't need I might it. get bored. I'm gonna get bored for sure. But it's like people. Com- it's like people complaining about like the Batman. Like when the Batman came out, because it's it's long. It's long. And people are like, "Well, God, why is it so goddamn long?" It's like you got a new Batman in a new universe. This is like a new way of explaining what's going on. It's not like any other Batman because it's an actual detective story. That's kind of like a slow burn narrative. I get it. Some people. It's not for some people. I get it. Right. I think it's a great Batman film, but. Uh, I could, we could have trimmed it. I'm not saying like it's perfect. Sure. Like, you could probably could have trimmed like 15, 20 minutes out of it, but it is what it is. I guess it depends on the movie that you're seeing and stuff like that. I, I definitely don't need that. What else you got? Right. That's it. That's all for me. Oh, so Friday, there's a rumor, which really isn't a rumor, but Blumhouse is dropping Halloween Ends, the trailer, on Friday. So we're going to get to see that. Mm-hmm. And there's also uh, rumors going around, but this this goes around every so often. I don't know who to believe, and I don't know who, if it's true, that Blumhouse is looking to acquire both Friday the 13th and A Nightmare on Elm Street and reboot both franchises Ooh. or continue or continue them or whatever they feel like doing. Now, the, the Friday the 13th thing has been in limbo for years and years and years, and I think they finally got that squared away. Um, I think Nightmare on Elm Street very less so Uh um so i would be interested to see what blumhouse can do but i also like when blumhouse does their own thing like halloween the 2018 one is is okay i think halloween kills i did not like so we'll see what happens with halloween ends i like stuff like the black phone i i I like when blumhouse does original stuff Uh so i want to see more of that but we'll we'll see we'll see how that how it goes yeah sounds fun I do want to say um, the guy who plays Michael Myers in the new Halloween movie, we saw him at the con that we went to, and he said I looked cool. So that's right, it. Mr. Shout out to Mr. James Jude Courtney. Yeah. Mike, Michael Myers himself. Yeah, what a great dude. What a great, yeah. nice, nice older fellow. I didn't realize he was like, I'm not saying like he's old and crippled, but I was like, I didn't realize he was that old. But yeah. Good for him. Good for him Truly. to work. So let's move into... Or anything else you're looking forward to before we get to it? That's it so far. Let's talk about Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Sorry. Before we get there, oh. we got we got to talk about one more thing because this is something you asked me on the um the the test episode, which is available in the archive. Don't worry, darling, is a mm-hmm. is a trailer that I've seen like five times now as well, which is Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, um, directed by Olivia. She directed Olivia Wilde. Yes. She's also in it, and so is Chris Pine. And you told me about it, and I haven't seen the trailer for it yet. Now I've seen it a couple times. I think this looks phenomenal. Um, my podcast partner on my wrestling podcast, um, he's a L.A. film critic, and he has heard from colleagues that it's Oscar-worthy. Like, it's that good. That's so, exciting. yeah, that's really exciting. And I have to say that Harry Styles, in this movie, I don't know if he's lost... Muscle mass, if he got 
like skinny about uh, about this movie, but he looks like Bill Skarsgård. And no one's going to tell me different. I thought it was Bill Skarsgård the whole time. I was like, oh, wow, good for Bill Skarsgård. And then it was like, Harry Styles. I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, I'm excited for it. I really am. Very you don't. If you don't know what we're talking about, don't worry, darling. Kind of starts off as like Florence Pugh. Of course, we love the Pugh. Um, you know, Midsommar, Black Widow, Fighting With My Family. If you know, you know. Um, she is like a housewife in this like 50s era suburban neighborhood. It makes you think like, oh, this is like a 50s kind of setting. And then as it kind of goes along, I'm not giving away anything away here because I haven't seen it, only the trailer. Chris Pine is like the the leader of this like utopia where everybody's like wives are, are happy little housewives and they do the, the laundry and hang it up on the clothesline and they have sex with you whenever you want and, and everything like that. And it's great. And then the cracks start to appear and Chris Pine's like the, the ringmaster, the puppet master. And, and you kind of figure out through the course of the trailer that this probably doesn't take place in the fifties. It just takes place now, but they're in this area. So it's kind of like, you can't leave. And it just looks fantastic. Like, I'm sure there's more to it. I'm probably oversimplifying it. But, yeah, Don't Worry Darling looks fantastic. Yeah, I feel it's like Florence Pugh is the only one that is, like, seeing the cracks. And she's slowly trying to, like, make everyone else see it as yes. well. So It reminds me of, uh, it's very Stepford Wives. It, it had that kind of feeling, if you know about that movie. Uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers as well kind of gave me those kind of vibes. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everything is like you're the only you're the only same one, almost like a kind of like a Shutter Island almost. Like yeah, you're not sure if she is she is she crazy or is she right. like dead on. You're not sure. Speaking of which, um, did you see, ever see the movie Unsane? Did you see that movie? Nope. Okay, so it was first of all it was shot all on an iPhone, which is pretty wild. Oh, that's cool. But it's it's a pretty good movie. You should check it out. It's about okay. a, a a girl that gets stalked by this guy and you can't, you're not really sure. And then she goes into a mental hospital and you're not sure if she thinks the guys followed her to the mental hospital, but you're not sure if she's crazy or it's real. And then it's like they, the narrative messes with you. It's good. It's good. Hmm. Um, I think it's on Netflix, but yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead and get to stranger things. Chrissy, wake up. I don't like this. Chrissy, <laughs> wake up. Season four was it eight episodes it started with, then we had to take a two-week break, and then we got the, the other two, which we needed that break. Yes. We needed that emotional break because some shit went down. Yes. Give me your initial thoughts of Stranger Things season four. Oh, so originally, when I first started watching Stranger Things, I stopped after season two. I, I didn't watch it anymore after that. And then I was like, well, season four just came out. So me and Justin started watching it like from the very beginning to season four. And season four was it blew my expectations out of the fucking water. I thought it was amazing. Like I was not disappointed with anything. I wouldn't say anything because some shit happened that was sad but i think i think the strong part of stranger things season four is right from the beginning right at the end of the first episode when you know or is the first episode i I think when chrissy dies spoilers Mm -hmm. spoilers for the rest of the show um i i wasn't expect i expected her to like 
I don't know, gets snatched or something. I didn't expect all of her bones to break and her eyes to get sucked out of her head. Yeah. I was like, whoa, okay. Because I'm not the biggest Stranger Things fan. Like, I love season one. It's great. Yeah. And two is like, okay. And then three is like, all right. And then this one, like, really punched it in the face. Like, that's that's where, that's where our starting point? It's like, <laughs> okay, well, all right. And then in the second episode, it happens again. Yeah. To Nancy's friend, he gets, like, all his bones broken. He gets his eyes sucked out. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And then we keep getting this backstory of this, you know, eventually we find out that he's the first test subject. He's number one, which is Vecna. Who is the the big the big bad of this season and maybe all along, if you believe the fan theories out there. Mm-hmm. And it just like everybody's separated, and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's like there's four different storylines going on at once, and it's just all good. Like Max is has such a big part in this season. Like she's still reeling from the loss of her brother Billy from season three, and she just she, all the kids in the show just kill it like Absolutely. they all kill it and it's unbelievable like how good they are mm-hmm. and it's got comedy and, it, and it's in there and then it's got like really scary moments and it's got heartfelt moments and it's just everything about it's great and yeah. then as we as we move on through the season we spend more time with we find out hopper's alive which okay that's fine and David Harbour, like, God bless him, lost 80 pounds in eight months to prepare for this. He looked incredible and said he would never do it again. (laughs) Uh, So we get him and Winona Ryder, uh, Joyce, and then everybody's all separate. Eleven and Mike and and them are separated with Argyle, my man Argyle. And then you've got, you know, Dustin and Max and and them and all separated. What do you think about the new characters? So, So we got Eddie. We can talk about Eddie more later. But, like... Argyle, the pizza guy, got him. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about some of the new characters they brought in? Um, Argyle was fine. I could take him or leave him. I he was I get it. He was like the comedic relief, which was fine. Um, I loved Eddie, obviously. He was very very good. Um, who else was new? One is the guy who plays one is incredible. Vecna. Yeah, he was he's new. He's he was great. Really liked him as the villain. I thought that was a great story. Um who else was new? Uh what what was his name? The Russian guy? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Him here here's a funny thing about him that I did not know that you will probably like. Or maybe not. Did you watch Game of Thrones? No, but I know he was in it. He's he's the Manny Face God guy, and I was like, oh yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, uh, he's the man with no name. Like I was like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, he's in it. He's good too. Yeah. And you have Yuri, the uh, the the pilot. Yuri's yeah. great. Yuri talks talks about having sex with a helicopter. It's very weird. Yep. And it just, I think the new characters are great. Like they say, they say that Stranger Ther- Stranger Things brings in new characters just to kill them off. Which yeah, okay, that happens a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on the storyline of, like, Lucas and his, like, Lucas is a basketball player, and then, like, all the varsity guys go to kill Eddie because they, um, you know, they think that he killed Chrissy, but we all know it was Vecna. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't know that. So what do you think about, like, Lucas's journey of 
stopping them and then getting getting back together with Max. Um, I thought it was very wholesome. I feel like it does a good job of like depicting like wanting to fit in with like the popular kids in high school and that's essentially what he was doing and he realized that it wasn't for him. Like he wanted his old friends back because being popular is not everything it's all cracked up to be, you know? I think it does a good job with showing that and that real life experience that I feel like a lot of people have. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought his storyline was very cute. I love him and Max together. It was very wholesome and sweet. What's funny about him is that earlier in the season, and I caught this, but I saw it going around TikTok too. When Lucas drinks that first night and he's throwing up, Jason makes a comment. He's like, ah, oh, dude, don't let that hangover like split you in half or something like that. And then that's what happens to Jason at the end. He gets split in half hmm. by, by the earthquake from Vecna. It's like, oh, callback. Nice. And then you have, you know, Eleven, who's like in a, a fucking bathtub half of the season, which is fine. <laughs> we get more of her power and stuff like that. But what I really want to center on is the music of this season and the music played a big part in it because i mean how viral has running up that hill become by kate bush yeah every every tiktok man like and that scene is so incredible Mm -hmm. so incredible one of the best i think it's the best scene in the entire show yeah is is max running from vecna i think it's amazing Mm -hmm. just all of that is good and then so give me your give me your thoughts on that when you saw that scene Oh, I thought the same thing. I, I'm i not sure what I thought the best scene was, just because I thought there were so many. I feel like I'm going to have to rewatch the season, honestly, just because so much happened. And I feel like it was it was a lot for my little brain to handle. But it was a great scene. Just the music, the music was so perfect. I don't think I've ever seen music sync up so well to, to a show like that. Like, uh... So that's like the big one. And then at the end of the first part of season four, everybody like um, everybody's in the van. They're all going to like separate and do their Vecna plan. And then you hear Worlds Apart, Separate Ways by Journey. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I've never in my life headbanged to Journey. (laughs) And I'm watching it. I'm sitting there watching like full attention. Like I'm fully... I'm fully immersed in this episode. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to that, and I'm just like, mm, yeah! Mm-hmm. Because I think that the use of that song is perfect. Yeah. And I say that not because, like, oh, it's a Journey song. It's like, it takes place in the 80s. It's great. No, I'm talking about the words. Mm-hmm. And... If you don't know, like, if you don't know the words, I mean, we'll, we'll go through it here, but it's like, you know, here we stand, worlds apart, hearts broken in two, and then da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, and then we get to the chorus, and it's like, it's obviously about Lucas and Max and, and other people as well, but it's like, someday love will find you, I'll talk about them, break those chains that bind you, because, you know, Vecna's got her, mm-hmm. one night will remind you, here's the night that we're on how we touched and went our separate ways. You know, she essentially died. Um, if you must go, I wish you love. You'll never walk alone. Take care of my love. I'll miss you, love. Like, 
Oh my god! The it song was, was written for that. It was written for that moment, Literally. and it was just like every bit of it worked. And it's remixed. It's not like the full regular version. It's remixed a little bit, mm-hmm. but it fits so perfectly. And it's like I know this. Like essentially, Stranger Things started out as a kids show, mm-hmm. and I know how I know how that works. I know like when you hear certain musical tones, like in Star Wars. Go back to that. Like, when you hear the Imperial March, you know that Darth Vader's coming, and you know that it's like, okay, we're getting serious now. When you yeah. hear Danger Zone and Top Gun, it's like, it's getting serious now. When you hear the Avengers theme and, you know, something's in the way, you know, some shit's going down. Yeah. And I felt like when you hit that first, dun, 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 you're like, oh, man, this this is serious. Like, mm-hmm. these these people could die. <laughs> and it's like I feel like they're my friends and like they could die. And it just I don't think I've ever felt like that immersed in a song and in that kind of way. I was just oh, like, yeah. wow, this is incredible. Yeah. Can we also talk about Eddie? We're gonna get there. We're gonna get okay. there. Okay, okay. Like, give me your thoughts on that. Like, what did you think of that? Like, does it work for you that way, or am I just like oh no, like, for incredibly sure. emotional? No, for sure. The the lyrics, I feel like Every song they played had a meaning. It was perfectly put like those songs were made for that particular show and scenes. Like they were absolutely amazing. It's it's really impressive. So we end with Max and Lucas at uh, Vecna's childhood home. Should mention that it is revealed that Vecna's uh, actually, his real name's Harry? Is that his name? No, wait, it wasn't. I forget. But anyway, um, his dad is Robert England, Freddy yes. Krueger. He's in one episode. And I was like, hey, wait a minute. We've got Robert England. Yeah. Let's put him in more stuff. He better be in the next season or I'm going to be mad. But, yeah. So we find out that, you know, that's Vecna. That's Vecna's dad. He's really no help to them whatsoever. And then we got Steve and, and everybody going in the upside down. Like, that's where we, that's kind of where we end things. And then we come back. It's like, all right, we got a got a plan. We're going to the Upside Down, Eddie and Dustin and everybody, and we're going to go to Vecna's house in the Upside Down, and we're just going to fuck Vecna. Oh, my God, I'm going to kill him. And uh, Vecna is just like, we're, we're going to stop him. We're going to – situation is critical. Let's go. So we're all trying to figure out how to get back together, and that's 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 kind of where we are. And then the plan essentially is we're going to distract the hell bat. I call them hell bats. We're going to distract these these hell bats so they can get into Vecna's house and they can kill Vecna while he's outside of his body or something. If you've seen it, you know. Mm -hmm. And it kind of doesn't work, sort of. And then Eddie gets his guitar moment. And he says, you know, this is, I think this is my, or he says it later, but like, I think this is my year, Henderson. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, I saw, you know, you saw in the trailer, if you watch the season part two trailer, you saw him doing this. And you're like wondering, like, what song? What song is he going to play? Mm-hmm. And then he starts and he gets it and he, the fucking first chord. And you know. You know. I screamed. I literally screamed. I thought that was badass. I love that scene so much. And another song that fits perfectly because Vecna is the master of puppets. He's pulling the strings. Yes. And I was like, dude, like, could you have picked a better song? It was awesome. 
And then Metallica like like duetted it on TikTok and they're mm-hmm. playing it with them and I was like, this is fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh my god, what a what a moment. Like that guy. Um let me get his name. Do you know his name? I don't. Okay, let me get his name real quick. But like he just this guy is a Joseph Quinn. Yes. Joseph Quinn plays Eddie Eddie Munson. And he's just like overnight, like Eddie was this character where it's like, I'm not sure if we like him or not. And then he like totally has this amazing arc where not only does he like help, you know, help try to almost defeat Vecna, but he like he has like a character moment where he says, I'm not gonna run away this time. I'm gonna stay and fight. And he has this great moment. Mm-hmm. And you know, Dustin tries to help him, but he ends up dying. And then you get the moment at the end of the show when the earthquake happens and all that, or the end of the season where the earthquake happens and Dustin's talking to Eddie's uncle and it's just like, God dang, man, this is, this is great. Mm-hmm. So great. Um, yeah, I feel like Eddie was honestly like the true hero of this season for sure. And I do know that he played that song that Metallica song, Master of Puppets, on guitar himself. Played it for so real? That was him playing. Wow. That. Um, also, I read that he, they did like a blind casting call for him. So they didn't even like, they didn't ask him to come in an audition. I think he did it like over the phone. It was something so weird. So like when they told him that he got the part of Eddie Munson in the show, he didn't believe them. He thought it was somebody like calling to like prank him, which I thought was really interesting too. But he fit the part so well. Yeah. And un- the unlikely hero, I don't know if you saw this going around, but apparently he was at like a Comic-Con over the weekend, like, mm-hmm. you know, as a guest, signing autographs, taking pictures. And he was like, you know, when you go to these things, we've been to them. Like sometimes it depends on the person. Sometimes it's like, hey, how are you? Here's an autograph. Here's a picture. Goodbye. Uh, sometimes you get time. Sometimes you get to talk to him like we did with uh, Malachi Black from AEW and James Jude Courtney. We've got to talk to him all day. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you don't get that. But I heard that, that Joseph Quinn was like talking to people for like a long time, shaking hands, thanking them, hugging them, taking pictures, signing whatever they wanted signed. To the point where the organizers were getting annoyed with him and saying like, you're taking too long. Like, and he got, oh ups- and he got upset like, yeah. and, right- and rightfully so. So he's doing a panel like the next day and this, this uh, girl like, got the microphone and asked him a question. She was like, listen, I just want to tell you that the fact that you, that we, we all love Eddie. We love the character of Eddie because he's the outsider. He's, he represents a lot of us. And he's like, you play it so well. And for you to come here and give us your time and, and talk to us, like we're not just other people. Like you genuinely like us as we like you. And he started crying. I was just like, oh, that's what it's all about. man. that truly is, that truly is what it's all about. So shout out to uh, Joseph Quinn. Yes. For being a stand-up guy, and if you have you heard the fan theory going around about Mr. Eddie Munson, I have about the vampire. Yes, I have. So if you don't know, uh, possible spoilers for season five, which hasn't even been written yet. What are you <laughs> doing? Fuck. I know, and we're not getting this for a while. But apparently, in D and D, Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons, well, people, I, God, oh. I hope you would know. <laughs> but in Dungeons and Dragons, apparently Vecna, 
who's a real Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons character, has a like right hand man who's a vampire. And the theory going around is that Eddie will become that vampire because he got killed by like vampire bats. And apparently in the D&D lore, the vampire, his right-hand man, betrays Vecna and helps kill him. So could we see Edward Munson come back as a vampire and betray Vecna and help the kids defeat him? That's a solid theory. I think that's a really, really good theory. And I think they'll have to, they'll almost be forced to bring Eddie back. Everyone loved Eddie, so... I think that's a very solid theory. That'd be so awesome. Like what a it great, would. and there's like, you know, theory about a dragon because, um, what's his face drew the dragon with Mike, um, as like holding the shield and protecting everybody. You're the heart, Mike. Yeah. Like it was, uh, that's oh, cool. no, it, yeah. It was like the three headed dragon or something. Dragon, yeah. Part of a D and D as well. Cause we don't know how Vecna's going to come back. Cause he's, he got set on fire. He's gone. Right. His yeah. body's gone, so we don't know how he's going to come back, but we know he's coming back. Yeah. Because they can kill him. But I just kind of wonder how that's going to, because we're going to jump ahead in time, because the kids are going to be older. Right. So it's like, how do we, is Hawkins still there? Like, how does that work? How, what's going on? Because I kind of think it's going to be at least, it's 2022. I don't think we're going to get this until 2025. I really don't. You're so if it's, right. not, if it's not even written yet. Yeah. So we, we got a good We've got a good bit of time before this happens. And like I even Gaten Matarazzo, who plays Dustin, said he's worried about that because you know what there it's gonna be such a jump in age. Like, are the people gonna stick with it? Which is of course they are. But yeah. It's an interesting concept to see how they do the time jump and it, it, it's also very interesting to see if the parents actually give a shit about what's happening. Mm-hmm. We didn't see we didn't see Dustin's mom at all during the season, I don't think. Which I, I loved her. She's funny. Yeah, I don't think we did. If the parents don't really care about what's happening. Hey, there's a giant earthquake. Where's Mike? Ah, fuck, I don't know. Somewhere. <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know. But I really I loved, really loved it. Hated Mike's dad. I think everybody does. But that's it's the character. Terrible. That's the character. He's just an absentee father. Literally. And it's just, he's a classic, like, sitcom lazy dad. Like, it just, <laughs> it just works. So that's cool. Yeah, Stranger Things season four now streaming on Netflix. I don't need to fucking tell you that, but it's just it's aces all around. People said like, oh, it's too long and there's too much going on. There's too many people separated. It's like, bro, I could have stayed in this all day. You could have made this twenty episodes. Truly, I'd have been like, hell yeah. The last two episodes felt like five minutes. Yeah, it, it really did. Who was your favorite character? Dustin this Henderson. Season? The season, yeah. Oh, this whole season. Um, yeah. Max. Okay. Because I think Max gets a lot of character stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think Eddie's a Eddie's a financer, if you like him. Um, I'll tell you who I didn't like this season that I, I liked previously was Robin. Oh, really? I liked Robin before when they were doing the last season when they were doing the ice cream thing with her and Steve. Yeah. But it just felt like she was just annoying for the sake of, like, she had to be the annoying character. And I was just like... Yeah. Yeah, but we could see more. Like I get I get it, but I didn't really like her this season, but Dustin's my all-time favorite. He's my favorite character because he's he I feel like he's the most I I grasp onto. Mm-hmm. Like he's a spaz, but he's also like pretty smart. Right. And kind of and yeah. So he and I kind of connect on that. I liked Lucas a lot this season. I like I always like Erica. She's hilarious. 
<laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, you have like Mike. I didn't like Mike was kind of detached. Yeah. I didn't really love Eleven this season. Like she's okay. Like her throwing the helicopter down was pretty badass, and fighting yeah. Batman was cool. But like I didn't really grab onto her. Um, I liked Argyle. He was a nice addition. What are we thinking about Will? Like, what's going to happen with Will? Because I see him playing with the back of his neck, like, getting the weird feelings and stuff again. I saw that, and he had a bloody nose. Yeah, I saw that, too. So, I don't know. I kind of think maybe Vecna will take over his body as a vessel. And it will be like... Like, 11. He'll be like 11. Yeah, I'm thinking maybe that's part of it. I don't know, because... Because I feel like they've been hiding Will. Like, Will's kind of, like, been off to the side. There's also, time. like, a, a lot of uh, speculation about Will's sexuality. Well, yeah, they pretty much just, they pretty much just said it. Yeah. That, he, that he's in love with Mike. Yeah. Which is, you know, cool. Fine. That's fine. Cool. We love the his, gays. His brother, like, him and his brother have that conversation. It's very sweet. Yeah. And very nice. Mm-hmm. And that's very cool of them to do that and put it out there. And I mean, you know, they already have they have gay characters on the show. It's not like this is kind of like groundbreaking stuff, right? But it's it's just it's good to see. I'm sure there's you know people that felt really represented in that moment. So that's always a good thing. I'm curious as like how that how it's going to play out too. Could be interesting. I think it's going to cause a rift between. Could. Um, when he's like, they're like fighting for love or whatever. Mike and Will in Eleven. I mean, it very well could. Like, what if Mike sacrificed, or what if Will sacrifices himself to save Mike or something? Yeah. Could, could be, be something like that. It's like, no, take my body. The only thing that I don't, well, one of the things I really didn't like was, so Max is crippled beyond belief, like, her legs were cut off. Her arm was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, legs broken, arms broken, eyes like sucked into her head. But if she's dead, and I'm like, oh my God, this is absolutely heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then Eleven is like, no, you're not going to die today. And then it's like two days later. I'm like, but what happened? Yeah. What did she do? Right. And we just find out she's like in a coma or something. So. Yeah. I didn't like that part. I felt like we needed a conclusion to that part. And mm-hmm. and we may get it in this next season, but I feel like, you know, Max came a long way as a character for someone that was kind of brought in as a side character in season two. And, you know, she was like this badass tomboy. And then this season, you know, the end of last season into this season, she lost her brother and she's got like a real emotional arc for such a young person. Like she's, or I think her real name's like Sadie or something like that. She's, yeah, she's excellent, man. She's yeah. like, She's aces on this. Like, I think people thought that Finn Wolfhard and um, who plays Mike and then Millie Bobby Brown were going to be like the real breakout stars of this in the kids. And I really think it's like, I think it's, I think it's Max. I think she's like the best kid actor and Dustin's great. Mm -hmm. He's been on Broadway and stuff. So, and Millie Bobby Brown like just hasn't had that big role. Of course, Finn Wolfhard was an it. Mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Millie Bobby Brown was in, like, Godzilla, but it's not like she was the main star. Right. So, plenty of time for that, but I'm interested to see, like, what she does. Like, I'm interested to see what those two do in the future. Yeah. More right. so, really, than anybody. Mm-hmm. Did you like Murray? Do you like Murray? I liked Murray in the, the last season three. I liked him there. 
I thought it was just I felt like we had two Yuris at one point. Yeah. It's like true. Murray Murray and Yuri were kind of kind of irreplaceable or mm-hmm. you know, inter- interchangeable I should say. Yeah. But I guess we needed that. We needed that levity, but it was just, you know. I like that I like that Hopper had his like Highlander moment where he grabbed a sword and just cut the Demogorgon's head off and I was like this that is great. Ass, yeah. This is great. Hopper just said, I don't give a shit. Hopper's so cool. I know, he is really cool. Shout out to David Harbour for being the man. Yes. Everybody loves Hopper. Emily, it's funny because Emily, my wife, she liked Hopper before. She liked bigger Hopper. Of course. Oh, yeah. And then, like, that scene where he's taking his shirt off and, like, changing clothes, putting on the Hulk Hogan shirt. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh. Yeah. He went <laughs> so, from Daddy Hopper to Daddy. <laughs> so shout out. <laughs> Shout out to David Harbour, who's like, fuck this. Like, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I never, like, of course he was just like, I just thought he was an average guy. Like, he's in Suicide Squad, where he's, like, a government agent. He's, like, an average guy. And I know he got, like, real muscly for Hellboy when he played Hellboy, but I didn't think, like, I didn't see that. I know he had to play this role because he was, like, an emaciated prisoner of war, but yeah, he really went all in. So shout he out really to him. did. Yeah. Yeah, but. Glad to report that also my internet, which had been flaky and not like just enough to be annoying, like I could still work and you could still go on the internet. But if you tried to play like a video game online, it would just kick you out. Oh. So, so I'm happy to report that that's been fixed. So that's now my, my friend Nick and I can continue to play Evil Dead the game. So Is that the only game you're playing right now? Or are you playing anything else? I'm not playing anything horror related. I'm pretty much just going between that and WWE 2K22. So. Oh, so that's what I do. But uh, the Quarry is a game. It's a horror game that is out. I would like to play that eventually when the price comes down. And I've got a few. Resident Evil Village. I still haven't played it. It's been out for like a year. Yeah. So yeah, whatever happens, happens. I want to play Evil Dead. It's great, but it's online only. Hmm. Fun. Get it on the PS4. It's cross-play. Is it expensive? No, it's 40 bucks. Oh, nice. So, there's that. Cool. Well, Any... anything else to add? Um, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is the first real episode. And if you like this show, you can go on tpublic.com, search G-O-M-K, or Get Off My Knife Podcast, and you can buy a t-shirt. Our lovely design that's, that's right there. I don't know if you'll be able to see this video, but we have a lovely design that I created because I'm very artistic in that way. Yeah. So you can get a t-shirt, a tank top, you can get mu- coffee mugs, you can get a pop socket, you can get a blanket, you can get stickers, whatever you want. you can get a pop socket. I, I think you can. You can get like a laptop case. You can get all kinds of stuff with our logo on it. You can support the show. Uh, we don't make millions of dollars off of it. I think we make $2 a shirt. So... There you go. So support us there. And of course, if you could leave a great review on iTunes, that would be great to help us get off the charts. And just let us know how you found it. Did you find it on Google? Did you just find it randomly on the internet? How did you find us? So I'll be on Twitter at only Aaron Turner. You can find me there. Wrestling podcast that I have is Strong Style. It is on the John Roca Outlaw Nation Network, and it is every Saturday at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Find us there. I'm on Twitter, Brenx Nicole, and Instagram. Follow me. There you go. Same stuff. 
We'll catch you next week with more of what we saw and what's going down in the world of horror. We will see you later. Goodbye. Peace.